Hey friends, it's season five of the official Do Good Better podcast, and every Thursday we'll be releasing a pair of interviews with some amazing nonprofits talking about their awesome impact in the communities they are in. We'll talk about some challenges they've faced and chat about their best tips and tricks that might just help your organization do good better. Hey, enjoy these mini episodes of inspiration that make a major difference in the lives of those served by these incredible nonprofits. Hey, did you just have a meeting with a donor and they told you something really, really important and you have no place to put it except for like maybe an Excel spreadsheet or, a, I don't know, a random piece of paper in your office? Go to DonorDoc.com. Get a CRM system that works. Get a donor database system that works. Get something that gives you beautiful reports and beautiful dashboards that even your crankiest board member will love. Go to DonorDoc.com. Use the code word do good better at checkout and get a month free. DonorDoc.com. Choosing a partner to help you achieve success in your business or personal finances is a big decision. You need a devoted advisor who's experienced and attentive and invested in helping you accomplish your goals. Hey, you know what that sounds like? Brady Martz. Brady Martz knows that you've got a lot of options to choose from, but we're confident that Brady Martz is the right accounting firm for you. they got more than a half a century of experience making everyday count through tax, accounting, audit, and business advisory services. So... Contact Brady Marts to learn more about their unique solutions that they can provide you and your nonprofit. Your organization is awesome, but sometimes you want to be even awesomer. It's time to get your fundraising on with your host, fundraising expert and author, Patrick Kirby. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the official Do Good Better podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Kirby. And of course, we talk with people who are going to help our small and medium-sized nonprofits do good better. But sometimes the individuals who help us do good betters are also leaders of small and medium-sized nonprofits, like the guest that we have today. I have Michelle Erickson. She's the executive director of the Abused Adult Resource Center. Michelle, welcome to the official Do Good Better podcast. Thank you, Patrick. I'm super excited to talk with you because uh, you've got a wonderful business model uh, at the organization that I think is really unique and interesting that will have a nice perspective. But first, before we get into the dirty details of uh, you know all of that, why don't you give a 5,000 uh, foot view for those who are tuning into iTunes or Spotify or YouTube and they find this uh, to be fascinating and I want to learn more uh, who you are, what you do, and why we're talking today. Sure. Um, like you said, I'm Michelle and, um, I've actually been with the organization about 17 years. I became the director going on three years ago. Um, we're a fairly large organization for our area. We have, we're operating out of eight buildings and we have about 75 employees. Um, and we do everything from crisis intervention, uh, with victims of domestic violence, sexual assault, human trafficking, stalking, um, crisis intervention, housing, emergency shelter, um, visit safe visitation, you know, we're just trying to meet all the needs that, um, the victims and survivors that come to us for help need. So yeah. And then our thrift store, of course, <laughs> which I like, uh, and, yeah. and I love, there's just a diversity of things that you do and, and the amount of help that you have or give in the community is, uh, is unbelievable. Um, over the last couple of years, um, we've kind of seen um, stress levels go up all over the place. Anxiety is super high. What has been uh, your, um, what have you seen either as an increase in um, needs for your service 
Are we saying the same? Are we decreasing? What does that look like? So the first year of COVID, we actually had like radio silence for a while. And I think it was mostly because people were sort of trapped in the, you know, quarantine or isolating with people that were abusive and there wasn't a way for them to safely reach out to us. So, you know, all over the country, we were hearing that domestic violence numbers were going up, which they probably were, um, but we weren't seeing it because they weren't able to reach out for help. And so we've kind of really made it intentional to make sure there's various ways for people to reach out to us. So we have an online chat that people can maybe access on their phone when they're, you know, around that person, but still be able to get a hold of us, email, Facebook, um, calling our crisis line, walking into our office. So however we can be reached, we wanted to make sure that there were people, that there were options for people, no matter what situation they were in. So I would say our numbers have been fairly consistent. Um, last year, I know we had over a thousand, um, new people that we helped in our area. And we serve seven counties, including the North Dakota side of Standing Rock. Um, so I think, you know, it just goes to show that people are going to find us when they need us. But um, of course, when everyone was quarantined, it was a little bit more difficult. So absolutely. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I love, and again, your mission is great. The uh, amount of impact that you make. Um, I would love to maybe hear a, you know, it, it in your line of work, it can be really super stressful. It can be really sort of like, uh, like almost not depressing, but like, it's really kind of, it, it's over, it's overwhelming. I think to the average individual who sort of would look at a, uh, in a, in a views adult resource center and just go, Oh, I just, that is a lot. Are there, uh, is there a story of success that you reflect back on that you remember why you do what you do during times of, overly stressed about budgets or um, the amount of individuals reaching out to you. What's that sort of moment where you go, this is why we do what we do. You know, one of our successes that I, I think is really excellent for, especially in nonprofit work too, is that our staff is dealing with a lot of secondary trauma. They listen to those stories all day long, every day. And as much as we are there to help the victims and survivors of those crimes, we have to take care of our employees as well. And um, we ended up having some wellness money um, the year before last. And so a couple of our advocates put together a Zen Den. And so we've got a little room that's got a massage chair in it and a and yoga mats and a bean bag and Alexa and um, aromatherapy. And so our advocates are able to go take a break during the day and just relax for 15 minutes or 20 minutes, whatever. And that was really, I think, a good thing for us. And we made sure that um, our advocates had access to counseling as well, because they have a lot to process and a lot going on in their own lives with dealing with kids in school. And, you know, how are we going to teach our kids at school and all that jazz that happened? So, um, yeah, I think that was like one of our successes with our staff. And then, you know, another success is just that people are able to still access us. So um, because we're federally funded to some extent in our shelters, we can't mandate things like you have to wear a mask, you have to stay in your room, because then we'd be, you know, really treating people like they're offenders. So um, I think it was successful that our staff was able to work through that, even though there was this level of fear with COVID that, um, you know, we just wanted to encourage people to stay safe, encourage people to wear masks. And that was really a process because everyone was, you know, living in fear for a while. Um, so successful to me is just that I still have all my staff. I still have, um, all our programs operating and have added a couple more and just being able to say to sustain through all of that 
helping victims, helping our staff and, you know, maintaining, I think was a success. It's perfect. And I, I really love that. That's one of the best parts about, um, it, again, you can say best parts about COVID is, um, is realizing that staff, those who are frontline on a lot of things that we might have taken for granted just in general, like the general public are now being valued exponentially more. And uh, you taking a leap like that is really fantastic. That it, it begs the question though, um, last couple of years, there's probably been challenges that you have not faced before. Is there a, a mountain of a challenge that you sort of occurred uh, what was that and how did you get past or how did you overcome that as an organization? Hmm. Um, you know, I guess part of the, the challenge, like I'm going to use seeds of hope as one of the examples. So we had to shut down during COVID for, uh, I think it was about six weeks. Um, and in my head, I was, I was and, knowing, huh? Yeah. And seeds of hope being your Thrift store. Sorry. Thrift store. Yes. Yep. And um, I think that in my head, I was thinking, oh my gosh, we're going to lose all that income because that our thrift store is about 30% of our budget. So Mm -hmm. in my head, I'm like six weeks of sales. Oh my gosh. But knowing that we had to um, do what was right for that time frame. So last year we actually added the roundup program at our store. And so when people purchase something, the cashier says, would you like to round up to the nearest dollar? And I mean, that's been like, awesome. Like we're bringing in about a thousand to $1,500 a month on people rounding up. So that's just another way to keep us sustainable, hopefully, and, you know, keep things going, um, in the right direction. So, um, our sales at our store last year, were up $175,000 in the year before. So, you know, people are thrifting more. I think people are, um, wanting not to spend as much on things anymore. So they check out our thrift store first and we have a very nice thrift store. So, um, yeah, so that was a, that was a challenge to make sure that we wouldn't necessarily end up in the hole because we had to close because of COVID. That's fantastic. And I, I I think that's where, um, I would love for you, you know, there's a lot of organizations that look for tips and tricks on how to, you know, do their programming better or their sales better. Uh, if somebody is, listening to this, or they're an organization that has maybe a restore or a secondhand store as part of their business model, what tip or trick outside? And you're not allowed to say the roundup bit because that's brilliant and it's genius. And that's the, that's the thing. Not going to let you get away with that one, but is there a tip or a trick or something that you've learned over the years that people can take away and say, why don't you try this to increase your revenue that doesn't take a whole lot of time, but maybe an outside of the box idea that you came up with that's just been gangbusters for you. Um, hmm. I think, well, our Christmas store, which is part of Seeds of Hope, but is only open for eight weeks during the year from usually no, beginning of November to the end of the year, um, is probably one of our bigger draws. And it's become even like a girls night out event for our premiere night. Um, you know, people wait all year to get into that Christmas store. And that's definitely something that's just built over the years. We started out in a little house with a couple survivors, you know, working volunteer hours to put these things together. And now we're in a quite a large store. I think the other tip would be to really communicate and connect with people in your community. Um, We have a program for anyone in our community, if they need a interview outfit or a 
outfit for a new job or, you know, black pants, white shirt or whatever they need for their starting out on a new job, we will provide that for them at no cost. And that's anybody in the community. So I think it's really important to tie into your community and see what those needs are. I'm as part of the homeless coalition too, you know, if, if somebody says I have a mom that doesn't have anything and, you know, moved here from wherever, I'll help out. Like, I think it's just a matter of getting connected with your community and making sure they understand that your store is supporting your business. And it's not um, just going to some CEO's paycheck, you know, it's going back in to provide those services in the community that keep our community safe. So, yeah. And I think the wonderful part about that is, is any part of those, any one of those things is super attractive to donors who want to support programs like that because of their uniqueness, because they want to keep it free, because they want to make it involved in the community, which leads and begs the question, and people listening to this, how on earth do they get a hold of you so they can give you a boatload of money after being inspired by what you just said today? Yeah. How do they get a hold of you? Um, well, they can call our office, which is at 701-222-8370. Um, our website is www.abusedadultresourcecenter.com. So either way, either one of those. Um, and yeah, we're planning on doing like a little bit of a dock remodel this year with our store because um, we're, we're getting so many donations that sometimes we have to end up closing early because we just don't have the room to process those donations. So um, there'll be more information to come on on that big project this year. So. Yeah. I love it. Um, Michelle, one of my favorite things to do is talk to you and get an update on how well you're doing. So that's super great. Uh, number two, I love that more people are going to know about what you do and and how embedded you are into the community to help people of a ton more than what you just think would be your uh, your niche. That's pretty much amazing. And I can't thank you enough for being a guest on the official Do Good Better podcast. Thank you, Patrick. Always nice to see you. Always. <laughs> Look, as someone who listens to the show, you know that I love helping small and medium-sized nonprofits. That's why we bring on the awesome experts and guests that get to talk to you about how to make your organization more awesome. So I've got a deal for you. I would like to help you. I would like to work with you. So if your go-to do good university.com. That's do good university.com. And you register for one of the courses. I'm going to send you my best selling book, Fundraise Awesomer, a practical guide to staying sane while doing good for free. Because I really want you to do amazing work. Listen, do good university.com. Go pick out something, whether it's a board training or a gratitude training or whatever webinar you want to choose. Um, use the promo code podcast, take 25% off of anything that you purchase. And I'm going to throw in a book as well, because I want you to do awesome. I want you to do awesomer and I want you to do good better. Go to do good today.